Our church is about two things in my mind. All the preachings, all the meetings, and all of that. Soul winning and discipleship. I said it here before. You don't clean a fish until you have it in your hand. You can't do it. You got to catch the fish first. And in my mind and in my prayers, this church is going to win souls. Not just here, but everywhere around the world as much as God allows us. But that will not happen if we don't have that kind of heart. God only gives you the desires of your heart. If you don't desire it, you won't pay attention to it. It's not real to you. And God knows it's not important to you. It's not a desire. Why should he give you? You won't be thankful. Stand up. Let me say our confession before I go into this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, but then I turned away. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Never turning away from what you heard. Because the what you hear changes your life. It changed my life. Gives you boldness. Totally unafraid because God is with you. Because you've heard it over and over again. God is with you. God is with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? So that gives you freedom. That doesn't mean they won't try, but they will never succeed. Because God is with you. The title of the message is the purpose of Pentecost. Purpose of Pentecost. You know, a lot of believers have received the baptism in the Spirit, and they speak in tongues. Sometimes, from time to time, they speak in tongues, or when they feel inspired, they speak in tongues, and they're happy about it. But the purpose is not just for speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is supposed to strengthen you. And empower you, and fill you with the desire... To see others come to Christ. Some Christians, that never goes through their mind. It's not part of their life. It's all they want to hear is my family, how I'm going to do well, how we're going to get, God is blessing us, and it's all material things and things for the family. What about the kingdom of God? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If that's not your purpose, Nothing else will work with regards to the kingdom. It's so important. All you hear is how you can survive, how you can make it. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not the focus of the gospel. That's not. God's going to bless you. God's going to give you a new car. God's going to do That's fine. But God gives you all of these things to fulfill his primary purpose. 
And if your heart is not in that primary purpose, God said, why should I give that to you? Because you are not concerned about those that are out. Why did Jesus come to the world? Why? He made his statement very clear. His mission statement. To seek and to save. Are we seeking? Won't you follow your master? Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. So if we are following Jesus, he makes us fishers of men. And if you are following Jesus for 35 years and you haven't become a fisher of men, you're really slow. Because that's his purpose. We are all followers of Jesus. And if you're following him, why hasn't he make you, made you a fisher of men? What's going on here? Are you more concerned about your life and all the problems you have? <laughs> you have your problem, God has his own problem. You know God's problem? Souls. I want them to die. We have to win souls. No, no, my question was, what was Jesus doing 40 days? He finished his work. He should have gone to heaven and be to be with his father. But that's not what he did. What was he doing 40 days meeting with the disciples for 40 days? There was all, if you read through the scriptures, there was only one concern that he had, nothing more. Even when he talked about Pentecost and when he talked about baptism in the Spirit, that was part of what his mind was. This was so concerning to the Son of God, he didn't stay on his throne up in heaven. He was right here after his death and resurrection. Because this was important to him. But today it's no longer important to us. All we want to do is, you know, God bless me, bless my family. I mean, God wants to do that. He is doing that. But it's to keep you comfortable so you can reach out to them. To give you whatever the money comes into your hands, but not for you, but for the kingdom. And the more you put it out into the kingdom, the more he's found somebody that will go in that. Maybe you cannot go, but your heart is there. But after you've done giving for a while, you want to go. It's true. If you've given to it for a while, we, we're trying to build a Nigerian children's home. After you've given to that to help people, turn them to Christ. After you've given, you see videos and all of that. Before long, you want to go. You want to see those kids. You want to mean, but if your heart is not there, you'll never go. All you're doing are God bless me. Bless my family. Give me a car. Give me a Rolls Royce. So everybody can know I am blessed. When we lose focus of what's most important to our God, we've lost everything. David, his heart was after what God wanted, the heart of God. 
you know the heart of God. He's so winning souls. But you are not asked for that. For 40 days, Jesus was speaking to it. And you can read from the different accounts. Because everyone picked it up. Everyone picked it up. He was with them. Constantly. I mean, he, didn't, he had been with them for three years. Why didn't he spend that time beating that, those, this thing into their heads? It was no time yet. But it's very important. Before your loved one departs, whatever they tell you, and if you can sense this is important to them, well, take it to heart. Because that's what they want you to do. In this case, Jesus was not just dying. He was leaving them and going to heaven where they could not see him in person anymore. But this time, for 40 days, he allowed himself to be seen by them, to be handled by them, ate with them, just to bring this truth to them. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it says the former account, this is Luke writing, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus be, uh, began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to his apostles whom he had chosen. Guess what that commandment is? Before he left, he gave them commandments. So, if you break God's commandment, what is that called? Sin. Before he left, he gave them commandments. To the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible, infallible proofs. Being seen by them. See that? During 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Seeing of them. So this writing, he was mainly focusing, Luke was focusing on those 40 days. And Jesus gave them commandments. And that commandment was dear to his heart. And if you read through the gospel, you'll find out that this was so important to him. When a person gets saved... There is God sending you. You want to bring others to Christ. Especially in the early days. As soon as I got saved, I wanted all my brothers saved. I talked to them a lot. They, they didn't like me. They didn't like me for that. Some nights it was almost like a fight. Everyone. I wanted them saved. <laughs> I mapped my city. By the grace of God, mapped the city from house to house. And everybody started saying, uh, this, man's, this man has become a Jehovah's Witness. He goes from door to door. I can guarantee you, I saw absolutely, it seemed like nobody was hearing me. It was painful. Because I bring one in, before I know, they persecute that one. He's gone. Or she's gone. 
<laughs> the word of God is an incorruptible seed. It works. After I left for the United States, the world worked. They came to Christ. They came. Just by sharing. One of the things that bugs me the most is I'm not around unbelievers very much. I'm always around this, uh, uh, excuse me, Bible-thumping people, you know, all around me. But it was good to be around secular people to find a way to put the word in there. Amen. That was what Jesus, Matthew chapter 28 you know, this was after his resurrection. Matthew telling us. He says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So this is Matthew's account. After Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus is saying to them, why didn't he tell them this before? He says, all authority, I got it all. All the powers of the universe, I have it now. Satan has nothing. I have it all now. But then, look at what it says. It given to me in heaven and on the earth. Go, therefore. So you can see his heart. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's what I kept saying. I don't just want to make converts. Converts are not disciples. <laughs> Converts are not disciples. Please, get the difference. There are many people, when you go to a crusade, many of them will raise their hands and they want to receive Christ. Go back three months, they are not in church. They are back to their old life. Those are not disciples. Were they converts? Yes, they were. But it's discipleship. You win them and disciple them. This thing bothered me, so I started asking God, what can I do? God, help me. At the Ark Fellowship, what can I do to help people to be discipled? So we started this Sunday school thing. It used to be in the classroom. I never really bothered about it. But no! I want our people to be discipled. Because when you are discipled, and you know the word of God, you want to share it with somebody. And you can transform a person's life. And transforming the person's life can transform the family's life. And then a whole generation of people. Because you spoke. Because you spoke. Few words. Unadulterated. The truth of the word of God. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You see, our church is not going to stay in Cyprus alone. Amen. It's not like, you know, we talk about uh, you want to be on television. I don't care about that. That's not the issue. I want to win souls. If I can reach them, we got great teachers. If we can reach them, and God blesses us because we are doing what He wants, the money will come in so we can do His will. And then we start reaching people from all over the world. Why can't we do it? You got a dream. You got to dream a dream that's bigger than yourself. And look into that dream, and the dream will consume you. And when dream consumes you, you become a living sacrifice. 
you're ready to go. Amen? You're ready to go. Go therefore and make disciples. Who is to make the disciples? Jesus? No, we are. We have to be deliberate. That's why I'm asking people, please come to Sunday school. Every opportunity you have to get the word into you. You may not be aware of it, but the word changes a man. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. He stays inside of you. And God's word is God. (laughs) If you have God inside of you, before long, if you keep him there, (laughs) your life will become God-like. Your life is going to be changed. It's so important. There's nothing anyone can do, including myself or all the preachers. If the word is not here, you're just talking. It's not going to work. If my words abide in you, if my words abide in you, then you ask whatever you will, and it will be given to you. It's all from the word. It's all from the word. He says to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then teaching them, listen, this is what bugs me the most. I don't want preachers just blessing, 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 blessing. Teaching them to observe. Teaching them to observe. That's what we're talking about this morning. Are you observing the commandment right now? Is it even in your mind? We like good messages, you know, that makes us feel good. But this is, this is the Lord's heart. This is what drives God Almighty. Every day, if you can say God wakes up, because he doesn't wake up, he's always, a, he was always awake. But every single day, this is in his mind. This is person there in South America somewhere. They're wondering, there's got to be more to life than what I have. There's got to be something bigger than myself. Why can't we reach that person? Why? Why? You know why we're not? Because our heart's not there. If our heart's there, God will give us the resources. I'm not afraid of it. If we really need to do that, God will give us the resources. And we can do it. This church can do it. I'm not looking at number. We'll do it. The number will come. No doubt about it. The number will come. If we're doing what's right, God will begin to bring like-minded people to us. And some of them will come with people who are not yet saved. And they are discipled. And they become like-minded as well. We're all in agreement, in unity. The early church, that was their single goal. They fellowshiped among each other, but they spread the word. That was their only thing. They lived for the word. They were willing to die for spreading the gospel. It's really, I don't know how God looks at it, when he hears our prayers and everything we're asking is for our family and us. I don't know what he thinks about it. 
And then you have a man there, he's crying out to God, give me souls. And he's crying out, he can't sleep. And then you are praying for your family and your Cadillac and your beach, whatever it is. And your bank accounts and your retirement and all, whatever. There's a difference. There's a difference. I pray that God will infuse in every member of the Ark Fellowship and everyone who is associated with the Ark Fellowship with this desire that you cannot understand. He consumes you. You just want to reach out to people. You want people's lives changed. If we have that, God will be pouring on our families like crazy. People will be having jobs that probably they didn't apply for. They call you and say, we found out about you. Please, can you come and work? What position do you want? We'll give it to you. I remember some years ago, uh, Angela was working with... uh, one doctor, Gardner, we just started the church. It was, things were rough for us. And the guy said to Angela, I pay you more than, I've searched the net, and um, I noticed that I'm paying you more than every nurse practitioner in the country. And he said, but tell me what you really want. Give me what you want to be paid. Favor. When you put God first and take on the sacrifice, God then does things unusual. I mean, this fellow knows what he's doing and he's willing to go go ahead with it. It makes sense. But when you are following God and your heart is to reach out to people, God does unusual things in your life. I want every single person at the Ark Fellowship to be a soul winner. You can. If you think you cannot, just say a few words. You don't have to quote John 3.16 and John 3.17. That's how the immigration people know that you are not a Christian when you can <laughs> when you can quote when you can tell them what John three seventeen. They know everybody knows John three sixteen. But they will ask you what's John three seventeen? You are a preacher? And the guy goes, ah, ah, ah. We know you are not a preacher. Every preacher should know John three seventeen. You're not getting a visa. But you don't have to do that. Tell your story. Amen? Tell your story. Begin fight with your story. This is the way I used to be. Really? Yeah. How did you change? I received Jesus someday. He's called testimony. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And what? By the word of their testimony. You overcome whatever is Healing that individual by your testimony. And you already got the blood of the Lamb. Amen? You already have that. 
I'll go to Mark's, Mark's account in Mark 16, 14. All of them saying the same thing, but it's after Jesus rose from the dead. You know why I'm doing this? Because I had to focus. I had to see in my mind what's really going on here. Every one of them got it. They got different things from what Jesus said, but they knew what he, they told, what, what he was really wanting. They got it. And Jesus spent a lot of time with them just to beat it into them. And you can see what happened after Acts, the day of Pentecost. Nobody had to teach them anything anymore. They were ready. And they took off. And that's why you're here today. Because of what they did. By obeying him. From generation to generation. A thousand years. Two thousand years. He's still going. Because the word is incorruptible. And when we receive the word and we speak the word, eternal words. See, God is eternal. His word is eternal. And so when we speak eternal words to them, even if just a little part of it that they receive, it stays with them, unadulterated, and begins to work. The word works. Read Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. 107 verse 20. So important. That is Mark's account. He says, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, he rebuked them, guess what? The next thing he said to them, go into where? All the world. Is this commandment still here? That's what Luke referred to. He gave them commandments. And then the disciples gave his commandments to us. They handed everything to us. Don't discard it. Act on it. Act on it. Sometimes when preachers talk like this, people say, well, we just want the church full. You have no understanding. We're not talking about a full church. That's not the area. We're talking about lives of people that might go to eternal damnation, hurting for years without any room to get out of that place. And but God has given us the word of life. We can deliver them by your words. If you stay focused on it. My wife and I, we talked a lot. We want to win souls. I can't tell you what my mind is going through now. But I think a time is going to come where we will share what, what the Lord is probably revealing to us. Um, he'll stretch you. <laughs> he'll stretch you. But I'm willing to be stretched. Amen? And all of us will be involved. Amen? All of us will be involved. And that's going to bring into us some spiritual energy that you've never experienced before. And God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You know, 
It's not what a man can do. It's what God can do. I'm not depending on anybody's talent or wisdom or oratory. Nothing like that. The world will change them. The world will change them. So he told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to what? Every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Notice, none of the other people said anything about signs following. But that's what Mark got. There was a lot of speaking about Jesus telling them about going out to preach. And everyone was getting whatever was important to them. Mark, his style is, Jesus is the Son of God. See his power. If you read in the book of Mark, the first thing, he doesn't go into much of the genealogy. The next thing you know, Jesus healing everybody. <laughs> he sees power. So that's what is important to him, what he heard. These signs follow those who believe. They cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They drink any deadly thing and won't hurt them. They lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what Mark got. Then let's go back. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 24, verse 45 to 49. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So Jesus is telling them about the scriptures. How they tie together. He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Notice, it's always about preaching in his name. Every one of them got it. It's about preaching, preaching in his name, telling somebody the good news. All about that. Some will not believe. You can change their minds. They have their minds in the world, like Pastor Larry said this morning. Uh, I believe it's First uh, Corinthians 2 verse 14. The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. And he thinks you, you, every one of you you stupid fools. That's what they believe. Because they don't have the light. But as you shine the light, darkness can never fight with light. When light comes, darkness goes. So we got the light. And we have the word. But that's what it says. To, pre- to, be, to be preached in all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise. See, then he tells you. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's the Holy Spirit. So you see, if you're going to preach and really be powerful preacher, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, that's so important. Because spirit to spirit, right? The Word of God is spirit. Spirit of the living God. I send the promise of my Father upon you. 
But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So you need power. I mean, I'm not talking about the power that Samson had, right? Busting everything. That's not the power we're talking about. I got power. So you slam them. Believe or I'll slam you to the ground right now. (laughs) That's not what he's talking about. You speak the word. And the word is what? Power. Because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, every word you speak concerning the word of God comes with power. You may not feel the power, but it's there. Because you are speaking an incorruptible word from God. Eternal words from the Father's heart can never die. Once it gets into a man, even if it's a tiny understanding, he stays with them. I remember the story about uh, a man. He cost probably more than a cellar. And uh, he was, his uh, child was healed in the church. But he didn't turn his life around. But he talked a lot and he, he used a lot of curse words. And he was around his friends, and the topic came in about Christianity and God, whether there is God or not. And they were, his co-workers were arguing really vehemently, almost fighting with each other. You know what he did? He had his mouth shut. He wouldn't say a word. And that baffled the rest of them because he's usually the first one to say something and curse and all of that. So they say, hey, that's not his name, Chris. What do you have to say? He says, well, let me tell you what. I know I don't live right. But I know there is a God. I don't live like that. He said, because my son, I took my son to church. And I was there, I saw with my eyes. That boy was healed. You guys can argue and talk about God, but I'm not going there. Because one day he's going to be saved. The seed has been sown. Amen? Inside of him. He's going to be saved. He's going to be saved. Acts 1 verse 8. And I think I'll close with this. Because I'll come back again next week. With the same message. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The purpose of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Before Pentecost, Jesus was speaking. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Listen. When you receive the Holy Spirit, according to what Jesus said, you receive power. Whether you know it or not, there is a power inside of you because I know Jesus cannot lie. There is power. The nature of that power, I don't know. I don't have to understand it. I believe it's there. And it's at work every time I go out to work to preach the gospel. It's at work. It's at work. Sometimes we preach the gospel. While you are preaching, God is healing the people. You have no knowledge of what's going on. That's what this is. You shall receive power... The power to give a strong witness.
you know, I shared my little testimony here. I have a young a man now, my brother's friend, uh, who was, uh, his name is Roland. He probably was listening to me now. And uh, he was really, this guy's a Christian now. He writes to me constantly. He watches all of you, especially our teachers. And he calls them by name. Marilyn's message was really good today. <laughs> He's in Nigeria. But they had me, uh, my family was really not accepting of my faith. They had me chained in uh, a voodoo man's uh, place deep in the jungle. And uh, you can't go into the story. Uh, but the chains were broken. That's the truth. The chains were broken. They had chained me to the wall. I can tell you the story how things happened. But they saw it differently. My mother says the chains were broken to pieces. The voodoo man came out. He was so scared. He said, take this boy out of my compound. I don't want him here. Give all the money. And I, my, mom didn't, my mom didn't change at that point. I wasn't showing love. I was really harsh, you know, with my, repent or perish. But years back, now it's been since the time I was saved, many years back, now connected with Roland because he was one of those that seized me by force to get me they all smoke marijuana and all of that so they can get their job done. And then they had me chained and say, my mom talked to him. I talked to them because they were not there and told them what had happened. And uh, he said after that, he, he, he's like a big shot. He's, he has control over my brothers. He said, I called all of them and said, you guys can continue to trouble him, but I'm not going there anymore. You heard what God has done with the chains. So if you want to continue to persecute him, that's your business. But I'm not going there anymore. But today, he's a believer. His wife is a believer. And he watches the Ark Fellowship. That's a good thing. All the preachers. Amen. You'll be witnesses to me in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That's our mandate from God. And we need to obey. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me today? Listen. My thing is not just to preach a message. It, it doesn't mean anything to me that way. I want you to ask God today. I do that when I feel like I don't have the feeling, I don't have the desire I start asking God, would you put that in me, please? Please, help me. Help me. Something is not right. Give me the desire to do this and empower me. If you do that, because it's God's will, the Bible says if you ask anything according to his will, he'll give it to you. Why don't you ask God today to fill your heart with the desire to see people saved. If you do that, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you, talk to this person and talk to that person. Not for the Ark Fellowship, because one day you are going to bring your sheaves back to the Lord, what God blessed you with, for reward, for a crown that you can always stay with, that every time you worship, you lay the crown before Him. 
I don't want to be near Paul when they are laying their crowns down. Because when Paul puts his crown down and I put my crown, it's not going to be funny. Okay? But at least I can be around Pastor Larry. (laughs) It's funny. But can we sincerely ask God to do that for us today? Please. I'm not going to make you say words. Just in your heart, quietly. Tell him. With your eyes closed, tell him, God, I need you to birth this in me. Put that fire in me to reach out to souls. Whether to give or to go, God, make me ready. I want to be like your son, Jesus Christ. Make me like him. Make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. Pastor Josh, would you please come up here, please? Praise God. Thank you for that word, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you for that word. So for the, for the viewers viewing online, thank you for joining us and for, for our congregation. Um, I know that some people have not received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you have and you have been away from God and you said today is the day that I rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you today, you. online or, or here in service with us, um, I would love to pray with you today for you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Please bow your head and every eye closed, please. If you said today, Lord, I want to get to know you more on a personal level and receive you as a, my personal Lord and Savior. I want to rededicate my life and make sure that my life glorifies you. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand on a count of three. One, two, three. Praise God, I see that hand, my brother. Praise God, I see my, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're welcome here. Thank you, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, we love you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Let your Holy Spirit, God, just flow. Flow, Lord, Father God. Thank you, Lord. And please pray with me. Join me in prayer. Say, God... Thank you for giving me your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, for, thank you for dying for my sins on the cross. Jesus, I confess my sins to you. And I rededicate my life to you. If you said that prayer, and this is a very holy moment, if you said that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your name has been written in the book of life. So praise God. And church, before we get out of here, please continue to pray for our church, our pastors, and our leaders. Because God has literally lit a fire upon pastors. Please do not take this for granted. 
and youth, love y'all. I love y'all. I really want y'all to take it seriously, the word. We won't be around forever. It goes on to your next generation next. Please hold on to that. I'm here for you. I love you. I care for you. Please call the church. We have people that are constantly praying. Constantly praying. So let's not take God for granted or the word of God for granted. And before we get out of here, youth and men, please stay where you're at. We'll be pushing all the chairs to the side. Okay? So thank you. God bless you. May he shine his favor upon you for your children, your children's children, and your unborn generation. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you.